0: We still more people coming, getting parking, and all that kind of stuff. But we got a nice schedule ahead of us, so we're gonna jump on in. Welcome to the awesome prophetic activation seminar. It's gonna be an awesome morning. So let join in with us, stand with us. We can do some about 15 minutes of worship, bringing us usher in more of the kingdom. Just know the angels of the Lord are excited about this morning, about us jumping in. So yes, God, we just thank you for what you have this morning. Holy Spirit, we just welcome you in this place. Angels of the Lord, God on high, we welcome you. Come. Come speak. Come open up our hearts this morning. Spirit of revelation, let it come cast our hearts. We open up our hearts on you, God. We say, come, have your way. Come and speak to us. We center our hearts and our affections on you, Father, because we're so hungry for more of you, Jesus. We're so hungry for what you have. Come show us. Come and teach us your ways. Teach us the ways of the kingdom, because we love all that you are. What you're about, oh, about what you have for this, come always There's nothing worth knowing, will ever come close. Nothing can compare. back. You are living oh. your prayer. taste as I've tasted and seen of the sweetest of life when my heart becomes free and my shame is on Holy Spirit, you are welcome here. Come from this place and fill the atmosphere. Your glory taste it and see of the sweetest of love My heart becomes free and my shame is on. Glory of your goodness. Let us become aware of your presence. Let us experience. Okay, okay. Your presence, Lord. Your presence, Lord. Your presence. Just lift your voice up to the Lord. Sing your own song. Sing in your understanding. Sing in tongues. Just release your heart, cry. We're in it all the way The reason why we're here today, God, is for love We're in it for love We're in it all the way All the way, Jesus, we are so hungry for so much more All of us, God, for all of you We're in it for love We're in this for love, Father we're in. morning, Jesus. We say we're in it for love. To come to know you better. To come draw closer to you. To live more in unity. To live in the oneness that Jesus, you purchased for us. The oneness with the Spirit. The oneness with your heart. To know your voice. And to give it away what you're saying. So come, Holy Spirit, with everything we do, with everything that we are. Father, we say we're in it for love. In Jesus' name.
1: Jesus, thank you for your presence, God. Thank you for your presence here with us, God. God, we just thank you, God, for what you have today. God, I just thank you for just the downloads that you have for each person here today, God. The things God, I just see that you're just, you just have a huge smile on your face and you're just ready to go. God, you're ready to go with each of us, God, in our journey, with where we're at with you you see each heart, God. You see each journey. And God, you're walking with us, God. And we just thank you. Amen. You guys can have a seat. It's hard to only worship for 15 minutes, isn't it? <laughs> Something just doesn't feel right about that. But <laughs> but we got a lot to cover today. So we wanted to just um, jump on in. So thanks, everybody, for coming out. We've been really excited about this. I just really feel that God has so much for each person today here. And um, so just thank you for coming out. And I just want to just take a second to just really thank Nicole and David, Nicole and David for just agreeing to <laughs> woohoo. Um, You know, 1 Corinthians 13 talks about how we all see in part and we all prophesy in part, you know. So we all come with a little piece, but when we put our little pieces together, we can see a bigger piece of the picture, right? And so, um, you know, for me, I just felt like, you know, how awesome would it be for for several of us to come together and bring our little pieces and put them together and see what God would do with that. So I love you guys. I can't wait to hear what you're going to bring. And um as soon as I we started really um, praying about the seminar, and as soon as I started asking the Lord, okay, what is you know what are some things on your heart for this seminar? I just heard the Lord say that He's restoring the prophetic life. I, I kept hearing Him say over and over, I'm restoring the prophetic life. I'm restoring a prophetic walk. And then He began to speak about how, you know, so often as humans. We like rules, we like steps, we like formulas, we like principles, we like things that we can kind of put in a box and say, okay, do this and your life will be great. You know, do just step one, two, three and you'll have it all worked out. Um, You know, hence the success of self-help books. You know, it's like one person, you know, comes across something that works for them, they write a book, everybody should read this book because what worked for this person will work for everybody. And it doesn't always work for everybody because we each have a different path. We each have a different journey with the Lord. And so God started speaking to me about how, whereas, yes, he uses principles, he uses all these things, but they're never to supersede relationship and they're never to supersede walking by his voice. And so then he, he took me to Exodus 19. Let's go there real quick. and this is kind of actually one of my favorite little passages Exodus 19:5 and 6 and this is God speaking through Moses and he says Now therefore if you will keep indeed or sorry if you will indeed obey my voice and keep my covenant then you shall be a special treasure to me above all people for all the earth is mine and you shall be to me a kingdom of priests and a holy nation these are the words which you shall speak to the children of Israel i don't know about you but that just gets my heart every time god's heart he says you know right in the middle of this book that's full of commandments that's full of laws he says if you'll walk by my voice he he sets a vision for his what his heart is for his people now we can look and we can see did they do that? They didn't really do that, you know, and it's kind of, it's, to me, that it's sad because it's like God's heart was for them to hear his voice, but Moses was the only one that was really willing to go in there, and, you know, I started kind of searching this out, okay, what, what was it that kept them from walking into that place, and, and God took me even back to, um, you know, we read about their journey. We see all kinds of things like attitudes. He started speaking to me about attitudes because he said, you know, there was complaining, there was grumbling. God had done all of this miraculous stuff and yet it was a condition of the heart. For some reason, they just could not see past what was in the natural. They couldn't see what they, you know, beyond what they felt and it was a condition of the heart. And I felt like the Lord was saying so often our own attitudes keep us it's like a filter that keeps us from hearing what God's saying and he even you know specifically he said he's addressing even even for his people right now he said things like offense arrogance entitlement self-pity victim judgmental attitude critical attitude all of these things are things that try to come against us but we choose, we choose to buy into them. And even, it's funny because as God's had me on this journey with him, he's really had his finger on that in my life. You know, it's like the things that we, you know, the the enemy comes in and and uses these different things to, to kind of, you know, put a filter over and we're no longer able to see, hear what God's saying and see what he's doing. And it was funny because even after I was working on this teaching and um, I was like, yeah, that's so good. You know, you're getting it. You're like, And then it's like, God tests you with it, you know? And it's like, I had this situation where it was like, oh, I just want to have an attitude so bad right now. (laughs) You know, like, I just want to be offended so bad right now. You know, and I think I just like, you know, I think I literally probably walked in it for like 30 minutes and was like, you know, how you get. And God was like, you know, Now, thankfully, as you walk this through with the Lord, he he gets you sooner, you know, whereas before it could be days that you get into it. And then as you walk, you know, it's 30 minutes, okay. Oh, but I don't want to let go of it. You know, I really don't want to. And he's like, do you want to hear my voice? Because the thing is, all those attitudes are rooted in the kingdom of darkness. And so when we agree with the kingdom of darkness, how can we hear what God's saying? And so God has had me on a thing of just repenting, you know, being just really quick to to catch these things and say, okay, God, I repent of that attitude. Let me hear what you're saying. I really want to hear your voice. I really want to hear what you're saying over the situation. Um, So that was one of the things that I really felt. The other thing that you see when you look at the children of Israel that I always find so interesting, they were basically like, we don't. We don't want to hear God, but Moses, you go and you hear and then you you know, we'll let you be the kind of our representative kind of thing. You know, and it's like you know, I I read that and kinda laugh, but how often do we do that? You know, how often do we say, Well, we don't feel like we can really hear God, but we'll go to church and we'll just listen to a message and that'll be our food. That'll be, you know. Now, I love going to church and I love hearing messages. That's awesome. But again, it's never to replace hearing from God yourself. It's never to be, you know, the sole thing that you feed off of. And, and so often it's like, you know, I feel like one of the reasons why there's a lot of confusion in the body is because everybody's listening to what God's saying to everybody else and not to them. And if I'm only listening to what God's saying to everybody else and not me, I'm going to be really confused because he could be saying something different to everybody. I have to hear what God's saying to me, and that's what I have to walk out. And at the end of the day, that's what I'm going to stand before him what what God said to anybody else is kind of irrelevant. I mean, yeah, you can glean from people, you can, you know, learn, or we're called to sharpen each other, iron sharpens iron and learn from each other, but at the end of the day, I have to press into his voice. So, um All right, so that so that was let me just make sure I'm getting everything I wanted to say about that. And so, basically, as I was, you know, going into this, I'm like, okay, so God, why? Because I felt like what he was saying was the reason that it's hard for us to step into a prophetic life is because we have to let go. You know, we have to let go of our ideas. We have to let go of our experiences. You know, I mean, there's, you know, I love Proverbs 3, 5. You know, it's like, trust in the lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding and we we quote it all the time and it's a great verse but i feel like some ways it's like the older you get the harder it is to not lean on your own experiences and your own understanding and it's like god saying just you've had some great experiences you've had some some things you've learned those are all great but don't lean on those things because God might be saying something new today. Every day's a new day, and God might be saying something new today. And so I just feel like he's saying we have to be willing not to lean on ourselves, not to lean on what we know, what we feel comfortable with. And, I mean, it's hard. I mean, I'm just saying. This is something I'm learning, something I'm going through, that I don't depend on me. I lean fully on him. Um, and a lot of that is you have to have a soft heart. You have to be willing to be vulnerable with the Lord. You have to be willing to let your walls down. And it's, you know, you know, we think about the prophetic life and we get excited about prophesying and everything, but really it comes down to us and God. You know, and I'm going to be talking more about the heart later, but um, there's this place where we have to be able to step out deeper into the waters where maybe we, our feet can't touch anymore. Maybe, you know, it feels a little uncomfortable, but that's where, we get enveloped by who God is, and that's when the, the excitement begins. That's when the adventure begins at that point, you know. Um, and ultimately, we have to look at how Jesus lived. How did Jesus live, you know. Quickly, quickly, because I don't have a lot of time. I want to go to John. Starting John 12. Okay, I'll just read these really quickly. 48 through 50. It says, uh, actually I'm going to start on 49. For I have not spoken on my own authority, but the Father, who s- uh, the Father who sent me gave me a command, what I should say and what I should speak. And I know that his command is everlasting life. Therefore, whatever I speak, just as the Father has told me, so I speak. And again, 519, John 519 Again, and we, we're familiar with this, but he says, um, Most assuredly, I say to you, the Son can do nothing of himself, but what he sees the Father do. For whatever he does, the Son also does in like manner. And so we see he's, Jesus is hearing, and he's speaking, and he's seeing, and he's doing, which I think is really cool. It's like there's a, there's a direct relationship to, he's, he's not, you know, he doesn't say, well, I, I did what, Joseph and Mary taught me to do, and that's what I do. You know, he's saying, no, I look at my father. I look, I'm a part of his kingdom, and that's what I do. So to me, that's just the, kind of the, like, we look to Jesus, right? That's, <laughs> that's like the the final thing. So I'm going to just transition for the next five minutes, um, because the next question is, so how do we even begin to hear and see what God's doing? Because we all, you know, we all want to. I think we all want to, and Um, for me, you know, part of my journey, you know, when I went to school in ministry, like, 14 years ago, you know, I was familiar with the prophetic, but I was mostly, it was mostly like, that's for other people, that's for the people that are, like, the prophets, and I really felt extremely nervous about doing it, and we had, we, we were trained, we had a whole week of, you know, prophetic training, and then we were just pushed out onto the teams to minister prophetically, and it was like, you know, you're assigned to do this, and it's like every time I would go, it would be like, oh, gosh, I don't want to do this, I don't want to do this. <laughs> yeah, you know, you're sitting in the circle, and everybody's looking at you, waiting for you to prophesy over them, and I'm like, I don't, you know, I would just get so nervous, and, like, I'd, I'd sit down, and I'd feel like I don't have anything. I don't, you know, looking at this person I don't know from Adam and thinking, I don't, you know, what do you say, what do you do? And so, I mean, I would just do it when we had to do it. It was part of our school, right? And so I would sit down and, um, you know, without fail, God would always just give something. I mean, it was just like I'd have nothing. Nothing, 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 nothing. Everybody else would go. And all of a sudden, it would just, he would just drop something. I would say it, and it would be like, oh, wow, that was amazing.
2: And every time I would leave, and
1: I'd be like, oh, gosh, that was like, where did that come from kind of thing, you know? And... um So it's, like, as I've been on this journey with the Lord and the prophetic, it's been, like, I never feel confident in my gifting. I never feel like, oh, wow, I'm so prophetic. I'm going to go out there and just rock it, you know? It's, like, I usually feel like I've got nothing, and I have no clue what I'm going to say until, like, the very last moment. And, you know, I was thinking about this, and I was, like, you know what? This is... um, you know i put a thing here it says we don't put our confidence in our own prophetic gifting and or in our ability to hear god we put our confidence in the nature of god and by nature he's a good father who longs to communicate with his children and so it's not you know we put so much pressure on ourselves and it feels like it's a perform like oh, you know i've got to make it happen i've got to you know bring this person to tears with this amazing word i'm going to give and And God knows. And God is so willing and so wanting to speak. And, you know, he says, my sheep hear my voice. And so that means we can all do this. And it doesn't matter, you know, how much experience you've had or, you know, what you've done in the past. Today, I I believe this is one of those gifts. He's just willing to pour out on anybody who wants it. Anyone who's available. Anyone that says, me, 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 I want it. You know, he's like so wanting to speak that it's available for everybody. And so, um, you know, the last thing I just want to say is if you want to cultivate a prophetic lifestyle, get to know God. Get to know his ways, his nature, and his desires, because the basis of speaking God's words is knowing God's heart. So that's all I have to say for this little first part, and now Nicole's going to...
3: My stopwatch on. Hi, everybody. All right, so we're going to jump right in. What is personal prophecy and the biblical basis of it? Because we've got a, a wide range of people here with many different experiences and giftings and all sorts of things. But the most basic form of personal prophecy is looking into the heart of people and sifting through the soil and dirt. And seeing the gold. And when you prophesy into somebody, you're not prophesying the dirt, that's not prophecy. You're prophesying to the seed that needs to come forth. And so, the most powerful, creative, impregnating thing that you can do is looking into somebody and literally saying, Here's what I see. And here's where God is taking you. And it, it's like so you'll see some people be like, well, you know, I've never, never seen that, never heard that. But it is it literally um, creates this atmosphere of pregnant faith around somebody to draw them into what was not into what what is. Um, my favorite scripture for prophecy. Is the pure in heart shall see God. You know, when you allow, Elizabeth definitely did an amazing job, when when you allow for the Lord, I call it adjustment. God says he disciplines his children. He brings adjustment. It's like, okay, hon, here's some things, or dude, or whatever he would call you. <laughs> you know, here's some things that um, if you keep walking in this for the season, that's not going to really, it's not going to be very fruitful. In fact, it's going to probably lead you along, you know, a path that leads to death. So I'm going to, I'm gonna. We got to work on this part here, and and it's just not who you are. It's not who you were created to be. And you're like, oh, and I I said this before: is repentance is a joyful thing. It's not some, oh, I'm so, so sorry, Jesus. It is. Oh my gosh, I forgot who I was. Yes, Jesus, God, I I repent from this attitude. That's a stinky attitude. And I, God, I'm reminded of who I am. And thank you that I can go up to the high places and keep moving with you. And um, but. The pure in heart, like I I feel like every every step of the journey with the Lord, you know, if there's it's like I come closer, the light shines. I see something else that's that doesn't reflect who he is. And as his light shines on that and I work with him by his grace, because his grace enables us to say no to ungodliness. So with his grace, it pulls that thing off and then I get to see more. And so it's like the pure in heart shall see God. And when you are especially in front of somebody and you're wanting to hear from God for them. I have a very good friend of mine and he says the, the primary um, body part of the prophet is not the mouthpiece. It's the earpiece. As a prophet, as a prophetic person, you are listening more than you're doing anything else. Because even with even with hearing stuff. Have have any of you seen a picture? I just saw it recently. I've heard about it a lot, but when I saw it, it really made an impact. But it's a picture of an iceberg where you see the tip that's outside of the water, and then you see this whole gargantuous body underneath the water. Well, that's that's what the prophet says versus what the prophet receives. Whenever you receive anything, the first thing that needs to come out of you is, what do you want me to do with this? Because just because you get it doesn't mean that you say it to the person or to anyone. You might just need to pray about it. And I would say like 80%, and I'm not even exaggerating with this, 80% of what the prophetic person or the prophet receives should just be for prayer. Because you will shape and shift and change and alter the course of individuals, spiritual families, cities, nations by prayer by prayer, you know, as you in your private time, declaring, prophesying when no one's around, when no one's around, Um, you know, I'm going to go into just briefly the difference between the office of a prophet. So the person who's in a fivefold office and then people who have prophetic giftings. But before I go into that, I want to say that um, we have to be so careful to not compare ourselves to anyone else. If you are running a race and you're trying to run in another person's lane, what's going to happen? You're totally going to get tripped up. You're going to trip yourself up. If they're running, so you you might trip them up. And it's like you have got to keep your eyes on Jesus, the Author and Finisher of my faith. And then here's the thing about our walk: it's it's created to be so childlike. We're allowed to be like, Dad, I want it all. Everything you have for me, I want it all. And I don't have to display the all like Joe Soap over here is going to display the all. You know, even Elizabeth and I, we have similar giftings, but our personalities were so different. And so when the light shines on our giftings, it's like they display in such different ways. And even um, this morning in worship, um, I, I saw Jesus walk in the back and he had all these different garments on his arms. First of all, he said to me, which one do you want? And I'm like, I want that one and I want that one. And it was like, I was like, what are they? Tell me what they are <laughs> before <laughs> I choose them. The one is sacrificed. Oh, no. <laughs> so anyway, so I picked up my garments and then I saw him come in the back and he had his arms filled with garments. And then he held the garments up to the sun. And as he did this, it's like they shone so differently, depending on what light was coming in. And he was like, I'm here to hand out gifts. I'm here to hand out mantles. I'm here. It's here for the taking. It's childlike. It's daddy. I want it all. So, um, so the, you know, first Corinthians 14. I'm going to read it. Don't read it. But listen, eagerly pursue and seek to acquire love. Make it your aim, your great quest and earnestly desire and cultivate the spiritual endowments especially that you may prophesy for he who speaks in an unknown tongue speaks not to men, but to God. No one understands because in the Holy Spirit, he utters secrets. But on the other hand, he who prophesies speaks to men for their upbuilding, constructive, spiritual progress and encouragement and consolation. All right. Old Testament versus New Testament prophet or prophetic expression, very different all right, before Jesus ascended and came back, Holy Spirit didn't live on the inside of any of us. So how people learned to hear from God's voice was through the prophets. So, and how that would happen, it wasn't even that they inherently had this, is that the spirit of prophecy would come upon the prophets, external, and they would prophesy. (coughs) Today, we have Holy Spirit living inside of us. And so there is, it, and, and it speaks about in, all right, so 1 Corinthians twelve seven, But the manifestation of the spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. If I walk in any gift, including the gift of prophecy, it is for the profit of all of you. So it's, it, you know, when it says like spiritually hunger, what, how do you, s- how, when you re- really, really want something, say you're really hungry and you've you've been out for the whole day, and you come home, you know, there's great food at home. What do you do when, when you get home? You run into their kitchen, you open that fridge. you get that chicken wing and put it down, and you, you go at it. That's what you're supposed to do with spiritual gifts. That's what you're supposed to do with prophecy, where I want it, and I want it in as many God, you know, all the diversities of it, how it flows, how it, God, I, I teach me, teach me, help me, God. And and the one thing that I say, even over myself all the time, is, God, I hear your voice. You know, some people, they're they're really wigged out and fearful of being deceived by the wrong voice. I just trust my father is good enough to really come in. And because my heart is soft and tender before him, and I'm willing to be corrected. Like somebody, if somebody says, you know, there's, you know, have you thought about this? And I I go back and I'm like, dad, is that true? I want to know, you know, I'm very soft hearted. So, so I just trust that he is very able to speak to me if I'm going off. And so I trust, and here's the other very empowering thing is God's ability to speak to us is greater than our ability to shut him out. It's so freeing to know because again, we come into relationship with father and we have the mold of our earthly father or earthly, like um, people who have authority figures that have been in our lives and not been very communicative. You know, father, he communicates through speaking. He communicates through touch. He's very affectionate. Um, I'll go 1 Corinthians 4, 20, 14, 29. Let two or three prophets speak. Let the others judge. But if anything is revealed to another who sits by, let the first keep silent. For you can all prophesy one by one that all may learn and all may be encouraged. And the spirit of the prophets is subject to the prophet. God is not the author of confusion, but peace as in all the churches of the saints. So here it is, you know, for all can prophesy for the edification of all. One at a time, and um, it it speaks about that you all may learn, be encouraged, and the spirits of prophecy are subject. Don't think that the Holy Spirit is going to come and wag your tongue. And what's that, Evan Almighty?
1: You know, you
3: know, God is not going to do that. It's going to come, you know, just just like I mean, sometimes like I remember when I was first learning to flow in the prophetic. I would get like tingles all over my body and hot sweats. Like I would, oh my God! just say, God wants me to talk. You know, and and in the church I was in, um, amazing, amazing man. He was very, uh, he was, (laughs) at the time he was not very fatherly. So you muster up all this courage. You'd come down to the front and you'd give him the prophetic word that you think is from God. And he'd be like, "Eh." you know, you would kind of go back, you know, (laughs) to your place. But it's like learning that the spirit of the prophet, it, I mean, the spirit of prophecy is subject to the prophet, where there is a, you're going to learn about timing. Like, just because, I mean, you, in a worship service, they could be having great worship, spirit of prophecy falls, and next minute, 20 people have prophecies. And it's like, as a, you know, you learning, okay, what's the timing of this? When to say it, when it might, I might be getting something that is not even for today. It's for me or it's for somebody that I'm going to meet later on today. So um, just because you get it doesn't mean it's, you know, for now. But the office of a prophet shifting into office is um, when, so it's Ephesians 4.11. When Christ went to heaven, he split his ministry, in a sense, into five different pieces so, the mantles, that, the mantles of ministry that were on Christ, the apostle, prophet, teacher, evangelist, and pastor, he split them into five parts and he, he sent them into the earth. And um, those are their office gifts. And you, you cannot will to be a prophet. You cannot will to be an apostle. You cannot will to be a te- like an office teacher, an office prophet here. That is given to you before you were born. Jeremiah, before I formed you in the mother's womb, I ordained you to be a prophet to the nations. And so that's what I'm saying. Like, don't compare yourself to anyone around you. Even even that office, the prophet or the apostle, it's a function. It's not a self worth or a value. The church and the body of Christ has got to get out of this thing where we look to the people who are seen as the more valuable and the person who's behind there doing helps is less valuable and the person who's doing hospitality is oh less valuable than the apostle cuz the apostle's up there and he's changing cities that is crap we have got to get out of that like we we are so dysfunctional in that area and um it's like just like me I'm a mother my function so say if, say for example I'm a house prophet so in this in this house I'm a prophet uh I go down the road and they don't recognize I'm not a prophet in their house. It's a function. It's not It's not my title. Just like in my own house, I'm a mother. That's my function. My name is Nicole. My function is mother. I go into somebody else's home. I'm a mama there. <laughs> I don't have jurisdiction to be mama in that house. You know, even with Jeremiah, he speaks about... Um, I've got to see my time that I'm not going over. Sorry. He speaks about... Um, you uh jeremiah formed to be a prophet of the nations there is a sphere of authority and responsibility on even on mental people like and, and that's the thing is even when you're learning to grow in the prophetic you need to learn how to stay within the bounds of your authority rank and what that many times is where you are responsible and i that's where you have the authority i say many times um uh, especially with dreams and visions and words um i find especially with dreams like you start dreaming about a certain um authority sphere over and over again say you're in a church and you keep on dreaming dreams about that church well you're responsible your responsibility your influence your metron is there and god's going to have you you know influence your metron um does that make sense? Th- there's a there's a definite sphere. All right, so um, I'm going to give you a few examples of Old Testament and New Testament prophets and how they shift. But um, I've heard some people come to me and say, oh, "I see the old prophets in the Old Testament, but give, you know, I don't see prophets in the New Testament." So I'm going to give you some of those. Write them down. Um, so some t- some examples in the Old Testament is Judges four four, the prophet Deborah. Summons Barak and gives him God's command to battle against Assyria. In 1 Samuel 2, an unknown prophet shares a message of judgment against the the priest Eli. And that was soon to be confirmed through the boy prophet Samuel. 1 Samuel 22, prophet Gad gives instructions to David concerning warfare. Prophet Samuel commissions both King Saul and King David. All right, prophecy in the New Testament is one of many gifts and it's interdependent upon other gifts. All right, let me ask you, what do you think some of the other gifts that the gift of prophecy is interdependent on? Word of knowledge, very good. Gift of encouragement. Healing. You know, I would say all of them. There's every gift is so interdependent on the other one, because even the gift of prophecy, if somebody doesn't have teaching, you know that that prophet that prophet can be a bit wacky. If they're not in the bounds of appropriate doctrine and teaching, or you know, um, a pastoral, a prophet comes in wants to whack everyone out the window but they have no concept of how to pastor people through something you know it is amazing when the different gifts come together how the body it's amazing the body of christ actually functions on a more whole level you see a group of prophets that go around and they they just a bunch of prophets and they go around it's not really that healthy prophets joined with apostles you know that have and and they don't in their ministry they don't necessarily have to all be there but they've got to be relating to and be be accountable one to another and i'm not talking about just in the local church because like like our our senior leaders they have very strong and vital relationships with people outside of this body i think the church can be very inbred and the the tree the the <laughs> what's the thing the tree becomes straight. What's that? <laughs> when you what? No, when when you have a tree, when you have a family family tree. And the church becomes straight and you're like, ouch. <laughs> you you need interrelating. Um, I have one minute left. All right, so <coughs> guidelines that helping in even weighing up personal prophecy that's already received is I've just gone into it as accountability. You know, even when like the burn teams where we give here, we give them in a way that you say to the, pr- you, you allow the person um, to weigh it up and then to take it to their, if they don't come to the body that you're in, you take it to their authority and say, you know what, here's a, especially the words that are encouraging, that's not a problem. But as soon as you start heading any kind of uh, direction or more than just, more than just a word of encouragement, um, guys, anytime I give a word to um, a child, I don't give it to the child. I give it to the parent. The child is there, um, but it's always you give it. You give it to the parent. Now, if the, ch- if the child is older and the parent's are not around, you can give it to the child, but say to the child, you know, go and talk to mom and dad about this. See, you know, see how they they bear witness for that. Um, Personal prophecy should always be given in such a way that allows the room for the recipient to weigh up prophecy and consider whether it is of God. Um, Liz hit on this well. The, prof- the prophecy should accurately reflect the Father's heart towards the recipient. Um, the other thing about accountability is, you know, your accountability, um, your me, your accountability sphere. Did you get that? Your accountability sphere um, even if it's not in the local church, don't be making yourself accountable to somebody who has no fruit and no character. The person's on their fifth marriage and they got three illegitimate children. I don't think you should be going to them. You know, you you submit yourself to somebody who is submitted themselves, even if it's to a a, a wider, you know, body. Because here's the thing: is the church is like, well, they've got to be in a local church and they've got to be submitted to a local church. And I say, you know what? There are a lot of people that have ministries. But they are accountable to people in their peer group, and so when you see their peer group and you see, wait a minute, they're totally submitted to each other, and you see, especially, you can always tell a person's heart when, when if they can receive correction from anyone, I don't care who you are, if you're a three-year-old child, and even my my daughter yesterday, <laughs> I I um, I my husband's been away for a week, and I was mad at one of my kids, and so I slightly raised my voice, and. And my daughter turned around, she looked at me, she goes, she's five, mommy, you need to go and read the word of God. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, I do. Thank you, Hattie. Now go in your bedroom. (laughs) I was like, yes, Hattie, you are right. Jesus, forgive me. Um, And just the last thing I want to say is commissioning prophecy when somebody's being commissioned, which is a prophecy that indicates appointment to a place, or position in ministry, it should not be part of personal prophecy. All right. In the New Testament, commissioning is done by the church oversight. So if you feel that you have some commissioning prophecy over somebody, then you submit that to, you know, their, their leaders. A- and if you want to pray over them when they are being commissioned, you've already spoken to the leadership and gotten their permission to speak it over them. Does that make sense? All right. Bless you. All right. Now we're going to do some fun activation, and I want Danielle and Ron Ruth and Cindy Watson up here, please. We've not told them about this, so this is going to be fun. All right. Now, Uh, and I want... I'm gonna have you what um i'm I'm just gonna tell them to close their eyes i don't don't think, Can yes, I will yeah I' <laughs> yeah, yeah, I won't, okay, good, so close your eyes, please, and don't close your eyes <laughs> disobedient, okay, and I'm going to have. Jennifer Riley, come. All right. You're going to be. In fact, you don't have to close your eyes. You and Jennifer don't. You, uh, you too. Hmm. Cindy and Danielle need to still close their eyes, and these two don't. All right. So you stand here for the time being. <clears throat> All right. I'm going to do one at a time. So sorry, Cindy, you sit down. Do it right here. All right. I'm going to have you, you, and you come up, please. And stand right in front of Danielle. I'm going right, to. I'm going to um, ask Danielle with her eyes closed to prophesy. Over, she's going to she's going to prophesy, just one you know, for one person, and then Ron, is going to, know he's going to say. Who that prophecy is for of these three, and which parts? There might be different parts that are for different people, and so Ron is going to then. So you can actually come over here, and you can open your. So she's prophesy. And then I'm also going to have Danielle explain to you how she received the word. You understand? So there's different ways a receptacle to receive a word, and I'll be explaining that later. But this is just for. Okay, so.
0: Um, I see this person walking hand in hand on a beach with Jesus. Wow. And um, Jesus is handing you a pail, a red sand bucket pail. And you're building a sandcastle with the Lord. And I believe he's saying that I've chosen you to build my kingdom with me.
3: That's it. All right. So first of
2: all, we're going to have Ron. Well, specifically applies to you, but it does also apply. But it's really an encouragement for you to enjoy.
3: To enjoy, all right. And how did you get that and what? How did you receive? Like, what form?
0: Can I open my eyes?
2: Yeah. Um, I just saw it in a,
3: in a picture. Okay. In a picture. I just. So you saw God walking with this person and giving the pail.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: So you're a seer.
3: Yes. All right. So Daniel is a seer. So her primary mode of revelation is to see things on the screen of your imagination. Did you have a vision? Was it on the screen of your imagination, or did you have an open vision? I think a vision. All right. So the difference between uh, the difference between um, an impression and a vision is the impression is more like a fleeing thought, it's very light, versus a vision is a very strong. It is a definite impression. And then you can have an open vision where literally you're seeing people like this, you know, in the spirit realm. Okay. All right. And so I I also know that your word was, you know, definitely for all three of them. um, But the playfulness and the joy and just the exuberance of, of daddy playing with you, that was great. All right. Thank you, youth. Thank you very much. Yes. And you what? You are excused. Okay, now Cindy Liu, you're going to be prophesying and Jen, you're going to be applying the prophecies to the different people and I'm going to just point you out so that she doesn't see. We have some angels over there.
2: I, I see this uh, ballroom um, and everybody's dressed in these amazing dresses and and you know uh, suits. It's just sort of like the the olden days, but there's more glitter and more um, they they're beautiful. I mean they're just more beautiful than you could imagine and uh, I just see the Lord is the one that is leading the orchestra, and but yet he's also dancing um, with you, and he is teaching you these amazing steps. It's not a waltz, it's just, it's an amazing step that he's teaching you, and uh, but he, he's really encouraging you to also um, just put your own personality into it. Um, it's like he's going, you can, you follow me. But he said, I've I've put enough in you to know that, that you can put a little twist to that dance and and do it a little different. Uh, and he said because that adds to the fun, that adds to the joy. Uh, that I've put within you and that will draw the joy out of you that others will see just how much fun you're having in this dance that you're you're having with me it's not just me making you take certain steps it's me just putting within you that creativity to come up with dance steps while you're with me that's what I saw <laughs>
0: I think similar to Danielle's prophecy, I think there's application for all three women. I, I actually think the word was for Lola. I agree. Um, but I, I, I think there was wonderful components for all of them. Absolutely. Yeah. Yes, you
3: can open up. Um, I definitely saw them, the whole thing, even with you two of um, putting yourself into uh, your rule followers, and you want to make sure that everything is right before you actually step out in something, and so you've got to know dot the i's and cross the t's, and God's like, you can do this, and just learn to dance the dance, and not have to be absolutely in step with Him because that makes you awkward, you know. And so He's like, I'm coming to bring this, um, this, this uh, freedom, to let me show you who you are in the midst of the most beautiful dance of your life. And also the other thing that he's saying through that to all three of you is um, he's a great leader and he's gentle, but he's so fun. And Lola, the whole orchestra thing is that regalness, you carry such a regal presence. And um, there's going to be some amazing doors that are coming open to you to bring even into different nations and nationalities, just that regality and that presence of the royalty of God. Um, But. So how did you receive it?
2: Well, uh, first of all, the Lord gives me just one word, joy or dance. Both of those came to me, and then this picture opens up, and boom, it's there.
3: Okay, so the receptor was the – thank you very much. The receptor was the word, that that first word that she heard, and then um, the seeing. All right, we're taking a break. So 1020.